This is Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. Me wake up so early. Yeah, I don't yeah. have a baby. It's not that early, man. It's 8.30. By 8.30, I'm usually after feeding, diaper changing, my own shower. Your own diaper changing. My own diaper changing. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, yeah. 8.30 is it's like yeah. 5 o'clock for me. Should be having a beer inspiring, right now. Inspiring, inspiring. Yeah. What's up? Uh, not bad, not bad. Ready date to night, the date night last night, so oh. we went to Baitai Thailandi, the Thai yes. house. Yes, great food. Mm-hmm. We were in and out but within so an hour and fifteen minutes. Very like, efficient. Very like it was a very. Parents, How much did you pay? Like uh, four hundred shekels. Yeah, four hundred shekels, including tip. Not bad in Krakow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for su- the, the same meal. Yeah, would cost you like. A quarter, yeah, the price. But you you cry the entire way through. No, no, no. no. And they make. I was just in Krakow, guys. I highly recommend it. So yeah, you would pay quarter the price. Very high quality food. Like Polish people. But who wants to live in Krakow? I know it's like oh Krakow, it's the new cool city. I didn't say you should live there. But like it sucks. No, no. No, I've no, never it been. doesn't suck. I've never been, but this is my. It doesn't suck. This is my like well-founded opinion that I'm never going to change about Krakow. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's a, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yes, I've yes, heard yes. it's like it's like new and hip and like. It's, yeah, it's very hip. The Jewish there. quarter is like the hipster quarter now. Yeah, and all the hipster bars are Hebrew names: the Chevre, the Cheder. Ah, really? Yeah, the but Sababa, like, cl- the Sababa. But the, not non-Jews go there. Like it's not o- just for the on, Jewish. N- there, are, there is no Jewish. It's the, only Jewish. no Jews go there. And they go to the Chever. Chevre. The Chevre. The Chevre. The Sababa. The ch- yeah. And there's the Cheder, which is like a hipster coffee shop. But are these Israeli-owned establishments? I don't think so. But it's in it's in the Jewish quarter. So the entire Jewish quarter is like dedicated to. Uh, We're sorry. You know. We yeah. You. They didn't kill us. Nah. They, they, nah. nah. Come on. Nah. Come on. They killed us. They killed us before the Holocaust. Yeah. But still. Nah. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. We got plenty to discuss without <laughs> yes. discussing the Polish involvement yes. in the Holocaust, uh, including. <laughs> Quick side note. <laughs> including the end of democracy is upon yeah. us. Oh, are you yes. ready? I'm. I think it's you know. You're psyched. I'm I'm like waiting for all the parties, you know. Mm, yes, End yes. Of democracy, the orgies. Party. Yeah, yeah. Dictatorship. I got invitation to extravaganzas. Five orgies yeah. already. Yes. Yeah. No, I think it's gonna be. I think it'll be fun. <clears throat> I think it'll be fun. Mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. We finally, I'll try we mushrooms. We haven't tried a dictatorship yet. Nope. No, we did. Like King Solomon. Ah, well, that's a kingdom, but yeah. David Ben-Gurion. But yeah, we, I mean, we haven't tried in like the modern state no. of Israel. No, we haven't. And uh, and uh, I think it would be, I think it's, you know, it could be fun. I mean, 
some would argue we are living now in a dictatorship led some by would. Esther Chayut, some the head would, of the Supreme Court. But, you know, ironically, <laughs> most of us won't. And it's it kind of, you know, that's one of the things that gets to me about, like, that gets me about this whole thing is that we could easily have all these years claim that we're living under a dictatorship mm-hmm. and said, you know, there is no democracy and we should, and then rationalize rising up in arms against the, the state and, or, you know, what the stage we're at right now, uh, 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 refusing to serve in the military or, you know, we could mm-hmm. have taken extreme measures because we think we're living in a dictatorship. Mm-hmm. But, we didn't break but the... But nobody did that. Yeah. We believe in this country, we love this country, and we said, yeah, we don't think everything's perfect, but we think that the way to fix things is within the system. We will vote for our rep- political, our, our elected representatives, and we'll hope that they change things in the way that we see fit. Yes. And that is called being an adult and not a child, mm-hmm. you little whining bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so let's fill up the audience. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't want to be disrespectful. I, I, I actually, like, I know a lot of people who, who oppose the reforms, and I'm, I respect your opinions. I really do. But when, and this is what gets, like, to me, when you claim that I don't have the right to vote for who I believe in and to support the legislative changes that I think need to happen and that it's the fall of democracy, it's dictatorship, mm-hmm. and we shouldn't have the right to... The, I feel like you're taking away my democratic rights. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, me I respect, respect them that. to a point. Like, when <laughs> they use the argument that after the reform passes, they will cancel the elections. Yeah. Um, then they lose me. They lose my respect, basically. But that, that, that's just not... Because it's... This argument is just, it's so foul. You, you, what can you say to that? What can you say to that? Like, how can you convince someone, you know, that, you know, if you believe in ghosts or if you believe, you know, how, how can I convince you they don't exist? It's yeah, impossible. I mean, you can't use rational, rational tools to, to argue irrational yeah, I mean, arguments. Like, what stops the prime minister today from telling Nothing. the army to, I don't know, murder innocent civilians? Like, what stops the prime minister today from telling the head of the army to line up citizens on the street and, and fire He knows they won't do it. Yeah, he knows exactly. they won't do Why it. Why won't they do it? Because they're sane people and people know what's right and what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and the prime minister is not going to pass legislation to cancel the elections. It's just ridiculous. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Not only he won't do it, the, the Knesset would never vote. You would never get a majority of 61. And if you do get a majority of 61, hey, ladies and gentlemen, before 1945, I think it was 45, in the United States, there weren't term limits. FDR was president for like, I don't know, 13 years from 33 no, to 45. No, but that's different. There weren't term, what do you mean? There weren't term, term limits. Term limits? No, you, you, could, you could be reelected, you mean. Yeah. But there were yeah, still yeah, yeah. elections every four Said years. Them, but what I'm saying is that things change. Term limits today is seen as like, oh my God, if a no, president would if a president would claim that he can be president for longer than eight years, meaning two terms, like, oh, he's becoming a dictator. I'm saying things yeah, you could say you could say mm-hmm. that there should be elections every eight years. You could. Ah no, yes. You, you could, could change that law. You could change that law. You yes. could claim that there should be elections every fifty years. That you probably Agreed. wouldn't get support. But if there is support by sixty one mm-hmm. members of Knesset, 
to have elections every 50 years. But that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about canceling the election. Yes. That's there won't be a, elections anymore in Israel. That's what the Either way, both scenarios absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Because what it ignores is the fact that democracy only survives if the people are inherently democratic. Mm-hmm. And if you're not democratic, then And that's the problem when they compare us all the time to Poland, to Hungary, to Turkey. You know, Poland and Hungary have been democracies for 30 years. You know, mm-hmm. most of their existence, they were dictatorships. Yeah. And they were ruled by other countries. And uh, so th- it's not inherent in their culture, yeah. democracy. Jews, on the other hand, you know, we had democracy before, the, like at least 50 years before the state. You know, you had all the Zionist organizations. Um, you had elections in all of them. So you had elections in, in Palestine conquered by the Brits for all the Jews. So you had like, it, it was it's a very it's, strong it's so intertwined cult in our culture, yeah. you know, that it's very hard to wipe out. So the comparison is, to Poland and Hungary is absurd. It's yeah. absurd. Um, I think all the comparisons are just a bit off. I mean, it's like, you know, when, when and anytime you make a comparison, for uh, this is what I love, is they, they make comparisons to say, mm-hmm. this is what we're going to become. Look, be careful. Look at all these other countries, and we're going down the same path. But then when you make a comparison, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. We don't have two chambers, and we don't have a constitution. All, they, all of a sudden, they become experts in comparative law. Yeah. Right? It's like, you can't make a comparison one way, but you can make a comparison. All right. the comparisons are a little, we're dealing with, it's not science it's it's uh culture and and political philosophy and there's no like you can't there's no isolated environment where you isolate one variable and then you can you know it's not science you can't yeah. measure these things so by the so, way guys we we have been featuring pro reform guests and we plan to bring some very strong opponents yes yes we already have some lined up we won't name names so you know in case they fall through but we're really hoping to have kind of a series mm-hmm. of, uh, okay. of pro uh, reform, uh, pro or anti reform, mm-hmm. um, pro protest guests, yes. and it's gonna get heated. <laughs> now, well, of course, as always, we have respectful conversations on this podcast, and uh, and that's what those will be. You know, hopefully, in case they come in with weapons. Yes. Um, um, so yeah, it's been it's been. Crazy few weeks here, guys. It's really, really hard is. to describe. Like, uh, you Things know, families are being torn apart. Friends are connecting ties. Families, though, really? Have you uh, heard any stories? I haven't heard it. T- like, I, I heard friends, fr- like, like yeah. childhood friends. Yeah, I'm in this Facebook group of uh, right wingers in high tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and people tell there their that you know they've been. Like people have been cutting ties. Yeah, and uh, Segal, uh, what's his name? Yeah, El Segal. El yeah. Segal is a f- journalist here in Israel, and he was telling a story about a band of f- friends. They're He's all in a kind band of journalists. Of journalists. Yeah. And they're all really tight friends since, like, I don't know, 15, 20 mm-hmm. years or whatever. And apparently one of them wrote that, like, he can't play with Segal anymore because Segal is right wing and they're all left wing. Mm-hmm. So they broke it up, and, and they had a huge... Um, falling out but i wonder if it's like representative of something wider that's actually happening like i think it is i think it is i think it's um i feel that no matter how this ends 
Yeah. Mm, the wound is um, it's gonna it's gonna stay with us. You know the, the it won't be the same. It won't be the same. Like the 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 raft the rift. I don't raft, know. I'm trying rift. to think. Like I have lots of friends mm-hmm. who. That's a false statement. I have <laughs> I have a couple of friends. No, <laughs> but I do. I have I do, a friend. I have quite a few. Most of my friends are are. Uh, anti-reform pro-protest they go to the protests like mm-hmm. i have some good friends that go to the protests. yeah me too and i don't see this like really causing a rift and i mean like i don't know not from my side like i would never even if it's never from reform, our side even it's always the, from their side i don't i don't know if i agree with that kind of a blanket statement but i'm saying that even if the reforms fall through and the protests succeed mm-hmm. and and there's and I would be so pissed. Mm-hmm. I would be so pissed. Mm-hmm. But I would never let it like I wouldn't take it out on my friend for, I don't know, going to the protest. And even though I think that's like an anti democratic way of putting pressure on the government, like we won the elections, let us pass legislation. You think the protests are not democratic? No, I don't think they're not democratic. I, yeah, I think they're not democratic. I don't think they're illegal or they shouldn't be able to. But I think that that method of applying pressure mm-hmm. to stop le- legislation is undemocratic because in the end, it's just a bunch of people. Like yeah. there is a way of of sending representatives to pass legislation in the in the parliament mm-hmm. in this legislative body of the state, which is to elect them, which is to vote. So mm-hmm. go vote, and we had a vote. Yeah, and the and it was very clear. And uh, so, I, yeah, I think it's undemocratic. But like, I would—I don't know. I can't see myself like breaking ties with friends because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though we completely disagree. But I can see people, like I—I I can see a scenario. I don't know. It's so sensitive. It is. It so is. Sensitive. But uh, but it really is. I mean, it is. I I agree that like what's happening is it's like when you have a rip in a in a cloth, right? Like obviously it starts unraveling at the edge, mm-hmm. right? And it's like if you look at a at a part that's far away from the edge, everything seems fine, but like slowly it could tear completely. Yeah. You can so, you can help the urge to pull that <laughs> to pull that yeah thread. <laughs> no, it'll make it look better, yeah. but uh, but it won't. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I agree in that sense. There is this sense that unprecedented things are taking place, like people talking about you know it started, and that's why I think the past couple of weeks have been so insane because it started with it's gotten progressively worse. Yeah. right. It started with Escalated. like with uh, protests let's mm-hmm. protest mm-hmm. you know peaceful protests and then mm-hmm. it started and then it was like civil disobedience and then it was uh nationwide was, uh, strike nationwide st- and there was strikes and then marching it was civil. on the parliament and, the, and then circling it, the parliament yeah but that's still a protest and then it was uh disrupting the uh the the routine it was the national disruption day shibusha what is the order disrupting order which is getting a little bit away from protest and more towards like eh, illegal actions Mm -hmm. not anarchy but illegal actions and then and now it's reached this point where there are you know a significant amount of military high-ranking military officials whether in reserves or not that are speaking about not 
showing up, not showing up to mm-hmm. reserve duty, not fighting in the wars for Israel, mm-hmm. not not like serving the army, basically going against the state, which, by the way, is completely illegal, mm-hmm. punishable by, I think, seven years in prison if you don't show up for reserve duty. Um, also, if you talk about not showing up. Ah, yeah, if you talk about not showing up, it's yeah. also punishable. Like if you, if you uh, incite mm-hmm. to, yeah, not to show refuse. up to, to refuse, basically. Mm-hmm. And, and even in the far edges, it's, you know, about like p- rising up in arms, basically, on the real extreme. So that, that gives this sense that like, yeah, shit's falling yeah. apart. Yeah, it's been like every other day you have the gr- like, I don't know if, because it's a few hundred people here, a few dozens people there. So you had a few days ago the letter of the, of the um, pilots. Yeah. So uh, pilots in the Air Force in reserves, but from one of the best highly, most highly esteemed uh, units in the Air Force. Um, they said that they're not showing up to training in reserves again not yeah. the ordinary forces but the reserve forces but 37 but, of 40 yeah it's like That's a crazy. it's a um, squ- um, squadron of yeah. 40 37 of 40 reserve pilots in key fighter squadron refused to train over judicial shakeup most in 69th squadron which operates f1 f15 i jets struck Syria's nuclear reactor. They're the guys who struck Syria's nuclear reactor. Won't show up to train Wednesday in protest of government's move, but will report for operational missions. Yeah. At the end, they did show up. Uh, they are showing up. It's today, the day they... Ah. They are showing up, but they're going to have talks, uh, like, uh, and t- talks with the commanders and to say their concern, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, so they're confused. They're confused. I mean, as citizens, go to protests, do whatever you want. But using your, you know, your uh, rank and your um, place in the Air Force and the unique yeah. place the state gave you, right? The state invested millions and millions and millions of dollars in them. And there's a, this sort of pact, you know? We, yeah, no, it's... Uh... It's a rebellious act, mm-hmm. like rebellious. Yeah, like in the and even if they're of, not in the colloquial sense, like rebellious in the sense that you are going against the state. Yeah, and it, and if even if now they show up to training and everything is back to normal, like you can't untake the the gun from the table. Yeah. you know the gun is on the table because even in the now, first act. even now when they released, I think their uh, second statement after the whole. Um, like there was a huge debate and and people were really lots of people were really going down on them and rightfully so and not going down on them I yeah hope. not going down like uh, speaking <laughs> up against them uh, and rightfully <laughs> so um, but the point is they they always say in their fixing statement we will continue to serve democratic and Jewish Israel yeah as like but only democratic and he, the catch here is that they don't they won't perceive israel as democratic after the yeah. reform laws pass yeah yeah so they're like again, it's a condition it's a condition which, exactly which may and you had two it's, wait yeah. and you had 200 doctors yeah military doctors signing a letter yeah 
and you have um, people the, from the, the ex-head of the the Air Force came out and yes. spoke. He didn't sign a letter or anything. Yes, but, but you had also and... people from all the ex- elite units in Egoz, Sayyid Golani, also signing. Again, all of them reserves. Now, I don't... The thing is, I think there's a... There's a... I mean, I don't know if this is true, but I wonder if there's a... Uh, first of all, okay, I, we have to say a couple of things. Mm-hmm. One is it's always been well known and established that the military ranks are in Israel are filled with left-leaning individuals, which is just the way it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one's really arguing that. Some people probably are, but it's it's almost unquestionable. Every... Not every, but most of the politicians who came from high-ranking positions in the army go to left, uh, left-wing left politics, political parties afterwards. Um, so, I mean, look at Ehud Barak and and where he stands today mm-hmm. and look at... Um, and look at... Look, the government is filled with, with examples. Uh, Eisenkot right now and uh, Gabi Ashkenazi and Benny Gantz and... Uh, even Boogie Alon, mm-hmm. who was Likud, is now, you know, yeah. basically giving speeches at the protest mm-hmm. uh, and interviewing pro-protest. So that's that's one thing. It's clear. And, you know, we could talk about that and why it is, but it's just clear. So it's not like, it's not like the army is this, you know... Uh, representation of the people and it's apolitical and there's right wingers and there's left wingers and they you know and if the army is coming out in even like in unison and saying we oppose this then oh i mean it must mean that the people oppose this the army is very much saturated with left-wing individuals Mm -hmm. and it's always been that way um now that's one. The other thing is when they when they say we'll serve democratic Israel, mm-hmm. it's an it's the the left always does this. It's the same with the Black Lives Matter movement. It's right. It's like it's it's standing under a banner that like everybody looks at and says, well, yeah, that, I mean that's true, right? Like you shouldn't, right? Like if Israel is non democratic, then I wouldn't want to. Like I would want to believe that I also would stand up against. Yeah, okay, I can get yeah, mm-hmm. but like. Words have no more meaning anymore. It's like, like, yeah, Black Lives Matter, but wait a second. Or, yeah, you know, we don't want the downfall of democracy, but what is is democracy? Because we just had elections and the Likud, the Aduta Torah, Shas, and Smotrich won 64 mandates out of 120 and they built a coalition according to the law and now they formed a government and they're in the ruling power. So wait a second. What do you mean by, I don't think we mean the same thing. Um, and it's just, it's so, it's so unbelievably upsetting. It's like, and then you talk to them and it's like, so this is ah, a yeah. letter yeah, yeah. I, that was published yesterday at Haaretz. Yeah. I think, let's read, read it. it. Yeah, let, okay. and let, then let's talk about it. I risked my life in an elite Israeli special operations unit. I refuse to serve a dictatorship. That's the title. Extraordinary times call for extraordinary measures. IDF reservists have to ask themselves, do they support Israel's democracy and rule of law or Netanyahu's gang? which is perpetrating a coup. 
This is the first article I have ever written for the media. It's anonymous, by the way, because yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. He's a sp- major R is his uh, is his name. Mm-hmm. Throughout my military service, I have been accustomed to operating in total obscurity, and I look forward to being able to do so again. But I'll only be able to do that when the threat to Israeli democracy has been completely lifted and for good. My name is Major R. For 13 years, I served in various key roles in the Special Operations Force of Military Intelligence, one of Israel's most sensitive and covert divisions. Its intelligence findings always go directly to the Prime Minister's desk, where they have helped prevent wars and save Israel from all kinds of danger. I can't elaborate here. You can use your imagination. In television interviews, my face is always kept blurred, of course. I do not enjoy any level of exposure because it could put me at risk. And let me be clear, I have no political or party aspirations. A week and a half ago, my comrades and I, 330 veteran officers and combat soldiers in the Intelligence Corps, were among the first to sign an historic petition, which stated unequivocally that if Israel becomes a dictatorship, Sorry. As in, if the justice, as in, if the justice system becomes a political arm of the government, we will no longer volunteer for reserve duty. We got to get back to that. But anyway, continuing, quote, the legislation in question will destroy all that we have served and fought for. We won't let that happen. End quote. The petition reads. Our service in military intelligence's special forces, as well as reserve duty, is completely on a volunteer basis. In the course of my service, I traveled to many places in the world on behalf of the state of Israel. These were overseas missions. These over these were overseas missions, full of tension, adrenaline, and danger. During our missions, we gave our heart and souls 24-7, put our personal lives on hold, and lived and breathed nothing but the mission of helping ensure Israel's welfare and security. We did this with tremendous pride because we knew that waiting for us at home was the shining beacon of a lively and independent democracy, one in which we fully identified with the country's values, even if we did not agree with everything that was done, and in which we had total freedom to express an opinion without fear. Those who served in special operations are creative, unconventional people who can only succeed in doing the tremendous things they accomplish in an atmosphere of freedom. We're being told now that the army and security services must remain outside of any type of controversy. Indeed, this was true up until now. Throughout all our years of service and all the way back to the time of Israel's founding, we have served under countless governments, including many right-wing governments, and we never imagined taking such a step. Never imagined. Who was on the right and who was on the left never concerned us at all. But in these surreal days in Israel, that imperative to remain outside of the political conversation no longer holds. The contract has been broken. Nothing can be kept isolated in a separate bubble anymore, including the military reservists. In military intelligence, we were always taught to see and describe things just as they are with perfect precision. So this is how things are right now. A criminal gang is perpetrating a violent governmental coup and trying to crush the Israeli justice system, which will end Israel's days as a law-abiding democracy. These are not mere slogans. Just look at some of the recent news headlines. Justice Minister Levine declared, if the Attorney General doesn't toe the line, we'll get rid of her. 
Knesset member Simcha Rotman, who is spearheading the legislative push, said, the Supreme Court justices are ignoramuses and we will remove them. And Israel has a finance minister, Betzalel Smotrich, who has called to wipe out Hawara, a Palestinian village. It's all right out there, in the open, completely and unabashedly. It's all as clear as it can be, requiring no interpretation. This is the conduct of an illegal mafia. We are also being told you are creating a gaping hole in Israel's security. This is nothing but cheap, hollow demagoguery. The ones opening that hole are each and every member of the gang that is attempting to impose dictatorship here. We aren't the problem, we're the solution. We will be here after them to continue to volunteer and to rebuild. So in the situation we find ourselves in, it is no longer possible to keep the reservists out of the controversy in which our nation has been swept. No sane reservist would volunteer for reserve duty when senior government ministers are calling to wipe out entire villages, as in wipe out people. Even if apologies... Follow the next day as Finance Minister Betzalel Smotrich apologized the day after calling for Hawala to be wiped out. We know it's just a pattern of lies. Non-democratic countries spouting hollow propaganda produce failed armies. Just look at Putin's wretched army now in Ukraine. Israel's, Israel cannot afford to have that kind of army. Our petition was followed by a massive wave of similar petitions from across Israel's most prestigious military and security forces, from veterans of the Mossad and Shin Bet to fighter pilots, the vaunted intelligence unit 8200, and a wide array of specialized units. We signed our names to these words with our stomachs in knots and after sleepless nights, but now it is absolutely clear that we were right. The purpose of our petition and all the other petitions is to is clear, to express a clear and firm moral position because no one has the luxury to remain silent right now, and two, to make the coalition understand that it has no pieces left on the chessboard, that it must immediately stop what it is doing. This means it must start pursuing a broad national consensus that keeps Israel a liberal democracy. This pressure will continue to grow. We have more creative ideas that will be put into effect hint, in the coming hint. days. We are not trying to influence what the next government will be, and we are not political or party players. That's the last thing we want to be. As far as I'm concerned, the next government can be built from whichever parties are elected as long as it remains committed to genuine democracy, does not include criminals or people <laughs> charged with criminal offenses or racist and bigoted Kahanists. <laughs> extraordinary times call for extraordinary measures. The time is now for every one of us to make his or her voice heard loud and clear and to ask ourselves, do you support democracy and the rule of law or the gang which is perpetrating a violent governmental coup? Silence is equivalent to support for the criminal gang. Okay, this is really long, man. No, that's the end, no. I think. No? I shall conclude with a dramatic call again for the first time in history to our brothers and friends who also started out in the intelligence corps. IDF Chief of Staff Helti Halev. Shin Halevi, no? Halevi. Halevi. Shin Bet Chief Ronen Bar and Chief and Mossad Chief David Dadi Barnea. We say to them that we, the 330 men and women signatories to the petition of the Special Operations Forces of Military Intelligence Petition of Complete Faith in you, that in the event of contradiction between the instructions of the Supreme Court and the Attorney General and the instructions of the criminal gang, that you will follow the instructions of the Supreme Court and the Attorney General mm -hmm. as the final legal authority which will, in turn, ensure Israel's continued existence as a democratic country subject to the rule of law. This moment will arrive sooner than you think. I am certain that we are in for a difficult period, and I am just as certain that we will ultimately triumph. 
Every Israeli parent should know that their children will grow up in strong, unshakable democracy. And every prospective Israeli dictator should know that they shouldn't bother trying to tamper with our democracy, not even 30 years from now, because they won't stand a chance. We will win. Until then, our protest is our reserve dirty duty. Um, they lost it. I don't it. know. Yeah, they, that's pretty despicable. They lost, they, they lost it. That's pretty despicable. I think that, that, that guy is too uh, comfortable with tearing apart the fabric of society and leading us to a civil war. Like literally, that's mm -hmm. what comes from his words, and it's like that's why at the end, like it's saddening. It really is saddening. At the beginning, you know, there's it. It can be laughed at, but like, it's saddening, man. These people don't think about their kids or about other people's kids. Yeah, I don't. That's the thing I don't get about all those protesters, the those um, reserves, um, the, the the people who say they won't show up. Like, what's the end game here? Like. You know, okay. Let's say you're you're. No, uh, this guy, this guy lives on adrenaline. He goes to 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 enemy countries and spies on people and puts mm -hmm. himself at, 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 in life risking situations. I don't know if he's married or not, but he his wife but he is, has family. But his no, but well, that's what I'm saying. That he 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 there there is a bit of him that's probably an adrenaline junkie. Junkie. Mm -hmm. I think the idea of civil war probably excites him. Mm. Honestly. Yeah, but my my, my point honestly, is those I mean, people. I don't know who how else you could talk that way like it must excite you mm -hmm. it doesn't excite me i don't want to go to war with my brothers and sisters with like, your back it would be <laughs> it would be devastating <laughs> it would be devastating <laughs> you know how long i'd be in bed after <laughs> uh, but i would fuck some shit up <laughs> no but seriously i i it's it's, I don't know, it's fucked up. But my point is, all those pilots, all those intelligence officers, all those reserves commanders, like, they have families here, you know? They're, oh, Google woke up. They have families here. They have, they have families, they have friends, you know? Even if they flee and move to the States or whatever, they still have families here. So what's your end game here? Okay, you won't show up to, to training, and what? You let... Iran kill us all. <laughs> like what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It doesn't make any sense. No, but I don't think he's talking about even like the way I see it. The what the the end game he described is the legislation passes, mm -hmm. the Supreme Court knocks it down as unconstitutional, mm -hmm. and the Knesset says thank you, but no thank you. Repasses it, let's say, mm -hmm. with sixty one, mm -hmm. and and then he expects the military to basically arrest the prime minister. Yeah, to obey the court. Yeah. To obey the... And and here's the thing, guys. The law is very clear in Israel. Like, yeah. the law is very clear. The Shin Bet, the Mossad... Uh, the Shin Bet and the Mossad, they are literally under the prime minister. Yeah. So, They're arms by the, of the way, executive brand. did you know that uh, the Mossad uh, has no law defining... Like the hierarchy and the, th and the chain of commands and all that. Really? Yes. Wow. Yes. Isn't that's it? That's why it's so successful. <laughs> yes. Not really. Yeah. That's probably why. It's like totally autonomous. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's under the prime minister's office. Also, the Shin Bet is under the prime minister's office. So the prime minister is literally their supreme commander. Yeah. Um, which is why it's so ridiculous to me to see like Mossad agents talking about their like... Yeah. A Mossad agent talking about like doubting the government 
you go directly against your supreme commander. That's yeah. That's very problematic. Honestly, I I really I said this to you last night. But wait, the, but yeah. the IDF guys, it, like if the law is very clear, the IDF commander answers to the government. Yeah, completely. Yeah. So there's like, no reason that he should like he's basically calling for the IDF to break the law. Uh, and for for what he what he's calling a coup, he's literally calling for a coup. Yeah. Uh, which I think he should be arrested. And I think these people that are that are outright calling, even conditionally, for reserve, uh, Den- yeah, uh, like refusal of reserve duty, should be arrested. Mm-hmm. It's not. I mean, there is a clear law where you cannot incite refusal to serve in the army or refusal to ishtam tut, mm-hmm. um, which means like... Uh, um, Dropping out. Uh, yeah, but there's a word for it in English, but whatever. Refusing refusing to serve when you're called upon. Mm-hmm. Um, these people should be arrested. I mean, and, and, and the law should apply to them just like it applies to everybody. And they should be charged and go to prison if needed. Mm-hmm. Like I don't understand this. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> but who's gonna charge them? The attorney general. <laughs> it's unbelievable. You know? It's unbelievable. And I know that that sounds extreme, but it's it it, just shows why we need the reform. It's yeah. It's just it unbelievable. just proves it. And and to me, what stood out in the letter, like the key, the key. There are two like very important. Um, parts in the letter one is that when we when he said when we went out and risked our life we did it for because we knew back home there's a state with our values right yeah where we completely identified with the state's values yes so as long as the state represents our values yeah we did it now these guys don't like i don't even know where to start with this letter but like <laughs> these guys don't these guys don't respect actual democracy yeah. they don't care for democracy they define democracy in a way that's comfortable for them and i've had countless conversations with people who are anti-reform and it always comes down to that what is a democracy and they always claim no democracy is not the rule of the people or the rule of the majority they they'll say it's not the rule of the majority, it's the rule of the people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what does that mean? And they say democracy is much more complicated than just the rule of the majority. It's about the rights of the minorities. Separations of... Uh... Separation of powers. Mm-hmm. No, separation of powers and the, the, the rights of minorities all make up... Derivatives. Are all what's called a constitution of a state. That's not a democracy. You can have a monarchy which has a constitution. It's called a constitutional monarchy. You can, but that's not what a democracy is. You are talking about what constitutes a specific state, rule like the the rights that they grant citizens and the way that they've set up their government. Democracy is a very simple concept which says that when we can't agree on something, we put it to a majority vote. So we can't agree. We don't all agree on who should lead this country. So what do we do? We put it to a majority vote. And we say, hey, everybody, who do you want? Who do you want? Yeah. And everybody says, I want them. To the second part of the letter that's very important when he says, we don't care about which government rules as long as. (laughs) And then, but now the conditions start. Yeah. Not only he doesn't want criminals, which, you know, okay. He, he doesn't want people who are charged, who are charged. with criminal offenses. Yes. That's which, the, which is, he, he, what he basically says is, 
And that's what the protests are really about, I think. What he says here is, as long as Netanyahu is in government or is the prime minister, we will never stop. So yeah. he doesn't, it's not about the reforms at all. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's about Bibi. But it's, 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 about not, Bibi. it's not even just about Bibi. It's about control. Yeah. It's about Bibi power. is a representative yeah. of people that, of a, of a huge swath of the population. Who never had control. Who don't, who never who, had who they don't agree with. Mm-hmm. Who they, who they have strong, strong disagreements. And I have deep disagreements with the left. But I would never, in, in in a thousand years, imagine to, to you know, and rebel, I, rebel. And I, I I've talked to, about this with like all my pro protest, anti reform friends. Like, there are two things in Israel which really, deep down to my core, like bother me. They they completely clash with my values as a human being, mm-hmm. which are. Uh, what happened during Corona, I felt was a comp- like, I felt like it was fascist. It was fascist. It was in line with what China's doing, mm-hmm. right? It, it was, it, w- it wasn't as extreme, but it's the same idea. We were, we, our personal individual liberties were stripped away and we were forced and coerced to obey, which I thought was awful. And, and undemocratic. Non-democratic. Well, you know, no. I think it was democratic because I think most of the population actually <laughs> supported it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Actually, it might have been what sent Bibi into this whole political turmoil and like his uh, inability to to build a coalition. But honestly, I think most people supported it. But anyway, most even Likudnikin, they said, "What? Yes. You're not gonna you're not gonna close down the? You have to." Mm-hmm. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was a horrible, horrible uh, uh, transgression against individual liberties. And the other thing is is the taxes and the whole state of the economy here and the way that it's set up, but main, namely taxes, income taxes, social security, that I feel in my personal values is equivalent to theft. Like yeah. I think taxes beyond a certain degree are really, it's just theft. It's the government stealing my money with a gun to my head. Mm-hmm. And I oppose it and I think it's it's, Non-liberal, I think it's awful. I think it's again fascist. Yeah, and communist three, and socialist. Too many knuffer restaurants. And too, yeah, <laughs> no, but enough. Those two enough, things guys. really down deep down to my core bother me. Okay, but I would never have in a million years imagined to say the things that these people are saying, like, and to call for a civil war. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I think that it's just ridiculous. I think it's, and that's what I'm saying is that I get it. You have strong disagreements, but. Like be a, an adult. let's talk about be it with rational arguments and not with like a gun to to my head. Yeah. And uh, B, let's vote about it, which we did. We yeah. just did literally three months ago. No, and you know I get it. If you have such a deep cha- chasm between your values and the state's values, then you probably shouldn't be living in this country. Or you should rise. If you feel like you can't leave, you should rise up in arms. Yeah, absolutely. But is that where we've reached? You can even can't. You can even not show up to reserves and face justice. No, I'm saying that like, I'm saying that I think that you know people who are living under oppressive, violent dictators should rise up against those dictators. Mm -hmm. I think that that's right. Yeah, Uh, people who's you know that Thomas Jefferson wrote about it in the 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 Declaration of Independence. Like people who 
feel like they're being oppressed and their rights are being stripped away, they have a duty to rise up against their oppressors mm -hmm. and to overtake them. Yes. But like, but absolutely. But is that where we've come to? Like, is that, like BB's oppressing you? And like, that's how they see it, protesters, man. All of these protesters, like, that's look how they see around it. you. What has, like, what has been taken away from you? You have every fucking right on the planet. Like, more than anybody else in the world and more than anybody else throughout history. Even after the reforms. Like, more than 90%, 95%. After the reforms, too. I think most of them don't understand the reforms at all. That's ridiculous. And No, but it's also, that's what's crazy. It's like, it's such a preemptive, like, sababa. You should rise up when you're being oppressed. Mm -hmm. Not before, like, <laughs> you're going to preemptively stop oppression. Nothing's, like, you, I get you think you're right, but... We're not a dictatorship, and nobody stopped the elections. Mm -hmm. And yes, yeah, nobody's those tools for uh -oh. real emergency time. Yeah, you know if they because if they cancel elections, if they postpone the elections in ten years, let's say I would join you I in arms. Jo we would join you absolutely. So I would let's join save you. all those bells and whistles for to, a, yeah, yeah. No, it's just ridiculous, man, and it's just like. Uh, it's it's so upsetting it's so upsetting yeah and, and I, most of the people that actually support that like a lot of the people i talk to don't really really don't understand the reforms but I, the truth is i don't think a lot of the people on the right understand them too like that's just the truth of it and that's what that's one of the number one arguments right that uh the left has right what is it is uh they didn't know what they were voting for mm, yes it's not really a representation of the like the representative democracy that we call a representative democracy is not really. Yeah, a, let's go for a for a public. Uh, how do you call it? National poll. Um, um referendum. Referendum. Yeah, which I don't know. It's stupid. It's stupid. <sighs> it's really upsetting. But another thing that I noticed is, um, I was talking to to someone again. Pro. I'm not going to name any names, but pro mm -hmm. reform. Uh, pro uh, protest, anti reform, and uh, and I asked her, "What do you call the people in the Knesset? Like, what do you call the people who are in the parliament?" Politicians. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. They love to hate on politicians. Yeah, they're called politicians. I'm like, wait a second, but not elected representatives. And there's such a deep, like, yeah, there's yeah. such a deep break of trust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. Yeah. You would let politicians elect judges? Yeah. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. They're not politicians. I mean, they're politicians. Let's but talk so about is Diskin's. the CEO of my company. He's a politician. Diskin solution. So oh, man. there is a solution, guys. Thankfully. Yuval Diskin, the ex-head of Shinbet, yeah. um, yesterday came up with a solution. Yeah. And I think we should all consider it because I think it's the best solution we can have. Um, you know, it's elaborate, it's um, it's smart, and everyone can agree to it. So, okay. Former <coughs> Shin Bet chief Yuval Diskin writes to Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu with a proposal to end the current political crisis in Israel. Yes. In the letter, first reported by the Walla News site, Diskin warns Netanyahu that the country stands on the edge of destruction 
and urges him to immediately halt the legislation of a judicial overhaul. Mm -hmm. He also suggests that in order to get the far-right Otsma Yehudit and religious Zionism parties out of the government, Netanyahu form a national unity government between his Likud party and centrist Yeshati, the national unity. Okay. Gantz and Lapid. This can then <coughs> suggest that Netanyahu resign hmm. in exchange for the closing of the three corruption cases against him. Diskin says the steps; these steps are necessary to avert a catastrophe for Israel. So, again, just to kind of give you a quick recap, uh, he should halt the legislation immediately. Mm -hmm. He should kick Otzma Yehudit and the religious Zionism party, so Smotrich and Ben Gvir, out of the government. He should add Lapid and Gantz, and then he should resign. <laughs> immediately. It's genius. This is, man's a genius. This guy is uh, this guy's like he read Art of the Deal. He <laughs> yes. read Art of the Deal. Yeah, he knows how to set a really high anchor. And Professor Alman's uh, theories of yeah, game, game theory. theory. Yeah, game yeah, theory. Yeah. He set the bar up here. <laughs> yes. Right. Any any rebuttal, any like uh, counter or uh, counter proposal is gonna have Futile. to be close yeah. to there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> wow, what an idiot! What an idiot! Uh, yeah, yeah. But you know the president is uh, Herzog is trying to come. No, but up wait, with tell it. us oh, yeah. about your tweet. <laughs> oh, my tweet. <laughs> Read us your tweet. <laughs> the tweet. Okay, Can you translate okay. it? I'll try. I'll try. I'll try. No, but uh, maybe Twitter has like a translate. It has. Option. It has. Yes. Can you do it on your own tweets? Yeah. 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 Nice. Okay, so here's my translation. Breaking news: Diskin's outline for solving the crisis. Netanyahu will be exiled to a to a to a desert island to a deserted island deserted island Likud voters will commit mass suicide in Masada <laughs> channel 14 headquarters will be bombed <laughs> Ayala Hassan a journalist uh, will be fired from channel 11 the Knesset will be dissolved and Esther Hayud, the head of the Supreme Court <laughs> will be crowned will be crowned as the first empress of Israel <laughs> <laughs> that's a great proposal, that's the Diskin, man. Yeah, that's an alternative proposal. That's, yeah, and yeah. I think we can, you know, negotiate with Diskin. It's and like I call you and raise you, yes. and we can meet in the middle. Yeah, you know, that's amazing. Wow, <sighs> God, man, they're just, they've just completely lost. But it. I wanted to say that Herzog is trying to negotiate a compromise, and it's very funny to see to watch because he's like begging the. Lapid and Gantz and the left and the center to come up to the negotiations table. <laughs> and now the, you they they are the mi the minority, right? They lo just lost the elections and they put they put conditions. They won't come to the negotiations table unless the right stops immediately and Gantz even called for shutting down the the parliament. You saw that? He said I call to, sh let's shut down the parliament, stop all legislation, and talk. That's their condition. And I don't get it. I mean, it's you're not in place to make any condition. And they the, the are, though. They are. That's the thing. They're, because they, of it, the pressure in the street. Because they're a powerful minority. And this is like, and, you know, <coughs> I hate the comparisons with Nazi Germany. And I'm not comparing anybody to Nazis but... or to Nazi Germany. No, I'm not. I'm not. Okay. I'm just taking it as an example of how you don't need a majority to, 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 um, to basically trample on people's uh, democratic liberties, right? Uh, to people on democratic rights. Like, you don't need a majority to take over a minority. You can have a very strong minority. I think the Nazi 
power, didn't everybody says they were elected democratically? No, Hitler murdered his political opposition and 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 had an army of of people that was larger than the German army. And he didn't have a majority. It's not like 55 or 60% of Germans were supportive of Hitler. Hitler had a strong strong minority and he overtook the country with that strong minority that was armed, that was strong, that was that and and everybody else kind of sat aside and let it happen. So that's what I'm saying is that you don't need a majority. You if you're a strong outspoken minority and willing to take extreme steps like these guys are, you can win. You can win. Mm-hmm. And and that's why and I said this to you a few weeks ago I'm I'm I I I'm disappointed that the the right and I feel like I'm disappointed in myself also because I'm part of the right that we're not picking up the glove and like and fighting and, back and fighting back we're not we're not why are there not a million people in the streets saying shut the fuck up Seriously that should be the 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 motto of the protest yeah. shut the fuck up <laughs> should just be shut the fuck up like we had elections. Shut the fuck up. And I don't I don't get it. Why is there not a million people out? Like why why are they so good at organizing and applying applying pressure? And we just suck at it. We suck at it. We we're good at elections and we win, but then BB is, you know, you just sent it to me this morning like he's thinking of backing down. He's putting pressure on Levine and Othman to like come to a compromise, and it's going to end up being like it. There is a very strong chance that the that the reforms are going to end up being this like this like milky compromise of like fifty fifty coalition opposition, and basically this basically the same shit where I can't the comment. Left, the left has the power to to veto any judge. Um, can't yeah, comment I on know that. You can't. I know. Um, but um, but it's just so upsetting, man. It's just so upsetting. Like we need to be, we need to be mobilizing. <laughs> you know, I hate to sound like a leftist protester, but we need to be mobilizing. Mm-hmm. We need to take a lesson from them. They do some things right. I don't. I. I don't think. Uh, I think. I really hope <coughs> that eventually. They will pass it, and I think as is, and I think that the conclusion from all that we're seeing is that not only do we need to pass it, we need to pass it right away, yeah. as quick as possible. Yeah. You know, every day that we stall yeah, yeah. Is, is, you know, yeah. you give them time to organize. I would just pass it as soon as possible, and then... Let's see what happens. Which, by the way, the whole argument that nobody supports this is just a load of bullshit. Like, there are so many examples throughout recent history that, like, where the the um, Supreme Court has taken decisions that have just upset so many. Like, the truth is, even within the protest, the agreement that the that the judicial system should be reformed. I think is much more consensus than a lot of other issues in Israeli society, economic, national security. Like there is a, until recently, a lot of the people in the protest were, even today you'll hear people in the protest say, yes, the judicial system should be reformed. There's problems in the judicial system. I mean, uh, uh, Saar, Gidon Saar, who was, you know, an offspring of the Likud, Mm -hmm. um, it, it also 
he he uh, he yes. proposed. He actually changed the the makeup of the committee, and he proposed to change it even further. Yeah. And he wanted also to change people it in a uh, Victor Lieberman's party. Victor. Anyway, so th- there's a consensus, and just some examples of like just crazy decisions that the Supreme Court has gotten involved in, and they're over over like extended power. They're encroaching on political issues. I because I was just watching this documentary yesterday. There's. Uh, in, in 1986, uh, Ronarad uh, fell in Lebanon. Yeah, uh, he was a pilot. He was navigator. A na- well, he was a navigator, but he was in a he was in the air force. Yeah, and he he was uh, the plane fell. He was captured um, by uh, the Lebanese and held hostage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is assumed today that he is dead. Uh, dead. Um, may his memory be blessed. But but he. For a long time, they they uh, they were putting out. I'm not sure if he, they put out videos of him, but they, they did. Know, they did. They did. Okay, so they showed him alive, and they said we have him. And Israel then proceeded to uh, uh, snatch 13 or 14 uh, Lebanese people. Mm-hmm. Lebanese were involved. Yeah, Lebanese people who were involved. Later on, they captured two people who were actually uh, holding Onagad mm-hmm. um, hostage at the beginning. He was later, I think, transferred to Syria or, or Iran. Nobody or knows. Iran, no one knows. But but they captured a lot of people that were involved, <clears throat> and they were holding them hostage. Yes, um, in Israel, and they, they they were holding them as a, a bargaining chip, mm-hmm. as give us back and we'll give you back. Um, the Supreme Court, in its completely infinite audacity, decided that it should be um, it should deci- it should accept cases. There was basically an appeal to the Supreme Court that this was <coughs> unconstitutional. This was this was going against basic human rights. Mm-hmm. We we don't hold hostages, right? We're a we're a civilized first world uh, modern society. And mm-hmm. we don't hold hostages. So they appealed to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court accepted the case. Um, I think it was in 90-something because they held them for quite a few years. And the Supreme Court uh, decided that eventually that these hostages should be released. Mm-hmm. And these 14 or 15 hostages who were being held in order to hopefully, hopefully get Onarad. And honestly, I don't give a shit if it was working or not. Because one of the claims was it's obviously not working in the, who knows? The guy was 20-something. He's got at least 60 years. If Even if there's a .0001 chance we get him back, mm-hmm. it's worth it. And even if there's a zero chance we get him back, it's a price you pay. You steal one of ours, we steal 16 of yours, and they're going to perish here. Honestly, I would have loved it if they executed all of them. Like, Amen. But, but And wiped out the town where he was held. And wiped out the town where he was held. I mean, it doesn't matter. That's a political decision. That mm-hmm. is a decision that is left to the people of Israel. And we should vote on it. We hear the, who the representatives, our representatives are. We decide to send them to parliament. And then we give them power to make these decisions. But the Supreme Court decided, no, they should be released. Not only that, but after they were released, one of them claimed that the Shabak anally raped him. While he was being interrogated. As if it's a bad thing. Yeah, like, I hope that's true. But either way, this is one. Of, this is the guy who actually was holding Gronerad hostage. Claimed mm-hmm. the Shabak anally raped him. 
and he uh, he petitioned the Israeli Supreme Court for reparations. He is a Lebanese citizen. Yeah, he's a Lebanese <laughs> Lebanese citizen. And one of the now eventually <laughs> I think they they decided not to hear the case, but but they accepted it. But but they no, but one of the judges wrote a minority opinion that the case should be accepted. Mm-hmm. Absolutely ridiculous. Like someone like that shouldn't even be on the Supreme Court, honestly. But whatever. That's just one example. Another example is a street in Jerusalem in a religious neighborhood was uh, decided to be closed down on Shabbat. Okay, from mm -hmm. from sunset to sunrise because it's an extremely religious neighborhood. <clears throat> yeah, and they wanted to close down the street. Now, if you ask me, there are quite a few instances in Tel Aviv where the streets are closed for a marathon, for a protest, for a festival. Why is that okay? The Supreme Court accepted an appeal that this is this this hurts individual liberties. From people who don't live there at people all. People who don't live there. I mean, this is another issue that there's no standing and anybody can bring an appeal to the Supreme Court in the name of the quote unquote public. But anyway, the Supreme Court accepted an appeal and decided that that's unconstitutional whatever. We don't have a yeah, we don't have a constitution, but I don't know if it was decided it was unconstitutional, but they, 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 they ordered the government to open up that road. Mm -hmm. Like, why the F are you guys getting, like I haven't said fuck already <laughs> on this show, why the fuck are you guys getting involved in these decisions? It's just like Tel Aviv can close down. The, the Jerusalem municipality can decide that a street should be closed down because they want to respect a certain neighborhood. I mean, that's just a decision that you should leave to politics to legislation to uh to to, to representative bodies and yeah. not to the supreme court and there's countless decisions like this guys there's countless decisions yeah. like this that are just being knocked down and countless decisions that aren't reaching the supreme court because, because the politicians the attorney that, generals of the various departments and the main attorney general of the state yeah. don't allow it to even go the, there are cases the attorney general is supposed to represent the government when when a case is brought in front of the Supreme Court. So when someone appeals against the government decision, the attorney general is supposed to go to the Supreme Court and represent them. There are countless cases in which the attorney general didn't agree to represent the position of the government. Yeah. They said he no. He represents the court in, instead of the government. Yeah. He represents the court to the government. Yeah. That's what he does. And then... The That's ministers in, uh, are deterred yeah. to make decisions. They're deterred. Yeah, yeah. So, for example, they in uh, I can't remember when it was, but there was a murder of a Israeli, and uh, there was a snatching of an Israeli, and they demanded to release uh, uh, Yassin, mm -hmm. uh, the Hamas leader. Mm -hmm. uh, two days later, the guy was murdered, the the hostage, mm -hmm. and Rabin. So it was like in the early nineties, ninety four, ninety four, yeah. decided to to exile four hundred Hamas uh, operatives that were that were in prison. Mm -hmm. We had four hundred Hamas operatives in prison, and Rabin decided to exile them to mm -hmm. Lebanon. So he put them on a bus and he exiled them. And on the way, they uh, they decided to stop. Anyway, in the end, they did get exiled. But the the ca a case was brought to the Supreme Court. Someone appealed in the name of these these four hundred, and their rights were being trampled on. Uh, that it was you know uh, illegal. Bainish, who was at one point the uh, the chief justice, but not at this at this point she was the attorney general. She refused to represent uh, the government. Mm -hmm. 
She refused to represent Rabin's uh, stance. She refused to represent <laughs> the government. Yeah. She didn't even... So, so Rabin, and Rabin can't go and represent himself. Yeah. So he had no representation in court. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, let's talk... How long do we have? We've got another five. So five let's talk minutes. real quick about Hawawa. Yeah, let's do it. So last week, we had three uh, people who were murdered by terrorists. Halel and Yagel Yaniv brothers who were murdered in Hawara, a village next to Jerusalem. Um, and uh, not Eitan? No. The American... Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Google it real quick. Elan. Elan Galanis. Uh -huh. uh, uh, an American Jew. American Israeli. <coughs> Uh, who was also murdered uh, next to the Dead Sea. Yeah. Elon, what? I don't know. I haven't found it yet. But keep going. Okay. Gal Gal Galanis, I think. Um, and the day after the Hawara... Near Jericho. Sorry? Near Jericho. No, oh, why? Wow, I was leaving it on. No so need. to hear it. Okay, anyway. Um, yeah. <clears throat> So uh, a day after, a bunch of uh, thugs, of uh, settlers, they came to Hawara, this village, which is a village very famous. Ilan Ganeles. Ilan Ganeles. Yeah. Um, they came to this village and they burned some houses, burned some cars. Um, yeah. So, and then there was a huge, huge uproar. Yeah. Um, no uproar about the the murder of these Israeli poor no. Israeli citizens. Nor about the fact that you know, in Judea and Samaria, every day, Palestinians throw Molotov cocktails and Rocks stones and, yeah. on cars on Jews every day. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't get to the news. I served there. <clears throat> every day. Um, I served in Hawala. I served in ah, the, really? in the, in the um, checkpoint in mm. Hawala. There's mm. no checkpoint there anymore. Mm -hmm. But we were stationed at the checkpoint for like three months, I think. We would have it's a very hostile village. Yeah, it's a very. village where every terror attack they celebrate. Uh, it's filled with terrorists. Yeah. And with the. Uh, we enemies. also saw a lot of settler activity, which has to be said, <clears throat> like, to be fair. Like, settlers would, would also instigate shit. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, now, yeah. I, I, of course, like, we don't think people should take power to their hands, and I think we can agree to that. Like, I can also understand <clears throat> the sentiment. Deeply, deeply uh, <clears throat> um, saddened and angered people from the death of people in their community. Yeah. Wanting to lash out and, and have a reprisal attack. Like, I, I can understand them. I yeah. don't I don't know if I can support it. I don't know if I would do it myself. And I say I don't know because I don't know what it's like to have a family member murdered mm -hmm. by a terrorist. So but I can definitely understand them. Yeah. Also the fact that historically the state doesn't retaliate enough against those yeah. kind of acts. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's you for know. sure. I think it would have mm. it would be a lot easier to hold back if the state were to take serious action. Mm-hmm. And then Smotrich uh, was asked a day later, 
what he thinks about it. His brother tweeted that that Hawara <coughs> should be wiped out, the village should be wiped out, and Smotrich liked it on mm-hmm. Twitter. And then the the and journalist Matan Khodorov asked him, "Why did you like the tweet?" And he said, "Because I think it should be wiped out, <laughs> but not by mob, but by us, by the state." And then a day after, he backed off and released a statement. I obviously didn't mean when I said when I said wiped out. I obviously didn't mean wiped out. I mean, the <laughs> terrorists should be targeted. No, I honestly think it should be wiped out. But I don't think I don't think it should just be carpet bombed. I think everybody in Hawala should receive a nice little pamphlet that says you have 24 hours to evacuate your home because tomorrow it's not going to be here, and then wipe out the village. Yeah. Just raise it all to the ground. You know, they refuse to be. Like, there are precedents. Re, they refuse to to be to not be uh, refugees. Mm-hmm. So if they're going to be refugees, like they might as well be refugees. <laughs> yeah, real refugees. Let them live the lie that they that they propagate and make and, them refugees. Make them real refugees. And um, there are precedents because uh, you know uh, in the disengagement. Yeah. That's what the state did. Gush Katif was wiped out. Yeah. The yeah. state already did it to Jews. Yeah. So if we can do it to Jews, why can't we do it to Palestinians? Oh my God. It's, <laughs> it's such an awful idea. It's so. And we're going to get a, a deleted from YouTube. I don't YouTube. give a shit anymore. I really don't <laughs> give a shit anymore. It's just so. Like, it, it, this documentary, I sent you the bit. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. just so priceless. There's this bit between the journalist and one of the judges in the Supreme Court, ex judges in the Supreme Court. And he was talking about the hostage situation. And he was saying, it's just unbelievable. We can't just take hostages and hold them. They have rights. We can't just hold them. And uh, says, what are now we're going to take hostage of, uh, uh, we're going to take some random Palestinians hostage until they release our soldiers. And the journalist is like, why not? He's like, they didn't do anything. They're innocent. It's like, so are the hostages they took from us. They didn't do anything. They're innocent. And the judges looks at him and goes, okay, okay, tov, tov, like, sure. You know, like a sarcastic sure. So, which which also is so, it's like that's that is the gist of it. There's a disagreement. Mm-hmm. You don't think like us. You don't have all the fucking answers. You're just a, just because you're a judge, and there's so many instances in the in the uh, in the show where Barak he interviews Barak, and Barak says, "Yes, we don't." We see things objectively. Aaron Barak. Aaron Barak was the chief justice who basically started this whole mess. He says? He said, we don't. We see things objectively. Mm, yes. We yes, don't yes. see things in... in the enlightened the, men. Yeah, we see things objectively, 100% objectively. Mm-hmm. They're not people. They're not human. Wipe out Hawara. Wipe out the West Bank. Just wipe it out. Send them all to fucking Jordan. Put them all on buses. That's a lot of buses, honestly. You're calling to wipe out the structures. Yeah, like I'm. I'm a not I'm killing a, one single person no, no, in the process. I'm a, Just I'm a goddamn kahan. You're a humanist. Not 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 Israeli Arabs. God forbid. They're citizens of the state. Everybody who does not have a blue to that zehut, put them on a bus, ship them to fucking Lebanon. Clean it out. Or Jordan. Jordan. Or Gaza. Or Syria. Clean it or out. Or Europe. Clean it out. Ethnic cleansing. Why can't Europe take them? 
I, they care about care. them so much. I honestly much. don't care. Wherever you want, wherever you want, just put them somewhere else. Like seriously, like, I, and I don't see the problem with saying something like that. I really don't. I really don't. Cut to five days later, Aidan's in jail. I apologize <laughs> for. I hereby officially apologize for. <laughs> Cut to five days later. No, I'm Aitan serious. calls me. Can you bail me out? No, please? I'm not saying like I'm not saying any citizens should take the, that into their own hands. And that's anarchy. Like that's a decision that we should vote on democratically. And mm -hmm. if there isn't consensus within Israeli society, then that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. I will vote for people who promote that. Mm -hmm. I will absolutely. But what do you vote. think about Smotrich backing that, down th from that, that I'm, statement? I'm pissed that he backed down. I voted for Smotrich because I like that he was comfortably and safely on the right and, and <clears throat> on on what a lot of people even uh, uh, will call the extreme right. I like that. I like the fact that he is not scared to say these are these are barbaric uh, supporters of terrorism, and I don't have any any uh, qualms with dealing with them the way we should deal with them i don't have any empathy towards them they mm -hmm. are the enemy they are the enemy they want to see me and we're at war my children my wife and my family dead they will rejoice like they rejoiced for the falling of the twin towers when three thousand americans were squashed under rubble and jumped out of windows and burned alive they rejoiced they ate cookies and they'll rejoice if me and my wife and my child my newborn daughter burn alive they will dance in the streets mm -hmm. so fuck them and ship them to jordan seriously like i don't see what the problem is with saying that like that's not a bad thing that is being in my eyes that's being humane because mm -hmm. <laughs> i care about my daughter and my wife call me crazy <laughs> okay yeah that's it's a good note to <laughs> that's a good note to end on that's a good note to end on but i guess uh, uh, yeah i'm gonna go to work now okay <laughs> guys thanks for listening if you disagree you're more than welcome to write us and express that and we will happily address it in the next episode and you know we yeah or we open you know, to all opinions you want to come on the show even and express your opinion write to us if you have eh, only if you're really interesting and <laughs> articulate we think you're all interesting if you have a if you have an if you want to come and express <laughs> you can uh, suggest guests you can suggest <laughs> no, or, no or why are you bashing on our <laughs> listeners uh please write to us suggest guests suggest yourself and comment you and uh, comment on and, uh, uh, let us know what you think guys thanks for listening and hopefully let's hope for better days and um yeah and let's stay optimistic yes yes absolutely democracy shall win amen bye guys bye <laughs>